0: I've seen some of these doctors showing what a healthy person's blood looks like or what their blood looks like so that you know what one drop under a little tiny bit of that one drop looks like under a microscope. Then you go to what these vaccinated people's blood has and every single one of them is finding these sharp, metallic-looking shards of something. And all these practitioners are saying, we've never seen this in human blood before. And it seems to, some of them say... Some of them say not, but some of them say it has an affinity for a magnet, and that they seem to move in concert when a magnet is is applied. Ready to live at the higher vibrations, where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey, everyone. I'm Robin Openshaw. I'm known as the Green Smoothie Girl online. And today, everything's new. Everything changed. I'm going to pretend like you've never followed me before because I think some of you, when you hear this new format and when you hear today's show, are going to want to share it with friends. So there may be people who are listening to this, and I'm going to start posting this on some of my video uh, channels Like YouTube, we'll see how long before YouTube slaps me in the face and kicks me off the platform. Hey, YouTube, guess what? Let's just go to Rumble or Odyssey or all the others. Your days are numbered if you keep censoring people. But I want to tell you who I am. I'm just going to act like you've not been following me for years because I think there might be some new people. First of all, just sorry for the long break that I took on this show, the vibe show, uh, I am Green Smoothie Girl online. I've been online for going on 16 years now. I'm sort of a grandma in the influencer space. And uh, this is my new home, south of Jacksonville. And I've never had a backdrop for my show before. So sometimes you can see my credentials and pictures of my family. Sometimes you can see some of my books that I've published. But uh credentials-wise, I'm former Brigham Young University faculty, um, former psychotherapist. I had a PhD in psychology, except... In the middle of grad school, they changed it from 2,000 to 4,000 hours of free therapy I had to do in a specific way. And since I already had a master's degree and could already practice, I never did finish those 4,000 hours. So I do not call myself Dr. Openshaw, but I did get the academic credentials and the professional experience. So um, I think that I have really good critical thinking skills is probably what I bring to the table. And I have 25, 27 years of deep research in health and wellness. I saw what was going on for some reason day one. Uh, before COVID even landed in the United States, I was looking up in the biomedical search engines and discovering that in China, they already knew and had published that the death rate from COVID was between 0.04 or four one hundredths of 1% and 012 which is kind of low for a seasonal flu. That's how many were dying in the Wuhan. Of course, they weren't feeding them remdesivir, which kills about 30% of people that it's treated with. And they weren't uh, putting paralytics and sedatives in people, eight or nine of them, to shove a plastic tube down their trach so that the institution can get $39,000 if somebody dies of COVID or is treated with a vent. So their death rate was a lot lower. Than we have here in the United States. We actually have a pretty low death rate considering that, considering the terrible standard of care that Tony Fauci inflicted on us. But I'm changing up the format today. I'm going to give this a try and see if you guys like Robin's review of all things V. All right. So what we've been talking about so much the last 19 months is virus and vaccine. And there's so much to know and there's so much content coming out. If you go to my Telegram group, and I hope that everybody gets in there because, you know, I could be deplatformed on Facebook at any time. You know, I, I've really built, built my career on Facebook to a certain extent. The green smoothie girl page, we don't do that much with it. That's controversial. I'll sometimes I'll speak up over there, but on my personal page, I've been 30 days of Facebook jail after 30 days of Facebook jail. I'm out right now, but who knows how long that'll last. I refuse to be quiet. I refuse to submit. I re- refuse to be subdued. I refuse to wear a mask. I refuse to get the um, poison darts. So we're just going to talk about. Some of the pieces of content, I've now shared over a thousand pieces of content in my Telegram group. And that's where we have not been censored and we don't get sent to jail. So I hope that you join me in Telegram. You can't, I can tell you the link for it, but you can't get in there unless you've downloaded the Telegram Messenger app. So once you've downloaded the, the Telegram Messenger app, uh, the link is t.me, which is, that's just all Telegram links, right? t.me slash Robin Openshaw. And my name, Robin, is spelled with a Y. So Robin, R-O-B-Y-N-O-P-E-N, like open the door, S-H-A-W, tm M E slash Robin Okay, That's where it's just a truth bomb after a truth bomb in there. That's where we don't hold anything back. We don't necessarily try to be super sunshiny in there. We're just, we're telling the truth, right? I turned it off at nine o'clock at night, you guys. One of the things I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you an update on the Romney family. I'm also going to review for you what we're learning about blood analysis of people after they've been uh, jabbed, and then I'm going to make a very shocking prediction. I haven't been wrong yet, and I don't think I'm going to be wrong about this one, about what is coming in terms of uh, getting the American people to accept euthanasia. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that and connect it to what happened just you know less than 100 years ago after World War I in a little country called Germany and the surrounding countries that we said would never happen again. In fact, we signed Nuremberg Code into international law to make sure that it never happened again. So those are the things we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to try to keep these shows to 30, 40 minutes at most. And basically what I'm going to review for you, because I pretty much spend every waking hour that I'm not working or sleeping is not waking hours. If I'm in my sauna, if I'm cooking, if I'm driving, if I'm working out for an hour first thing in the morning, I am w- listening and watching content. When you guys DM me and you send me content that you think is important, I if I if especially if I've seen like five or six people send it to me, please do send it to me. Even if you don't hear back from me, it doesn't mean that I'm not very grateful for the content you give me. See, I'm not getting my, my information from CNN or the New York Times or God forbid Yahoo, worst of the bad. The Yahoo's geared to literally third graders. Um, I don't get my information from there because it's really just uh, vehicles of propaganda. There's seven corporations that own all of them. I don't get my information there. I do pay attention to what's going on in the media because it gives you really good clues about what they're trying to manipulate us to do. So I'm going to stick to the topics today. We're going to get through um, the Romney family update, some very interesting and exciting news about the Romneys. And then we're going to talk a little about the dark field blood microscopy or high-powered microscope and how all over the world, researchers are looking at their vaccinated patients and they're seeing some very interesting things, very disturbing things, honestly. And then we're going to move on to finishing up with um, a review of a COVID nurse, a COVID traveling nurse who went all over the country for 18 months treating COVID patients and what he concluded that led him to say, if I got COVID, I would never go anywhere near a hospital. And also to confess that he was um, guilty of lots and lots and lots of euthanasia, intentionally killing his patients with the full knowledge of and permission of his superiors. So this show started out called Vibe like five years ago, um, kind of related to the launch of this book, which is my best selling book, all the bestseller lists. And I don't know that I would have survived the last 19 months. People send me their bad news. People send me all their vaccine injury stories. It's all day, every day. And I try to keep up with it. Um, I don't know that I would have survived it, except that the trials that I've been through in life that led to re- writing this book, which is I had for a couple of years leading up to writing this book, been obsessed with what is the vibrational frequency of everything and what does that have to do with health and wellness, right? I'm a psychologist. I also... Started Green Smoothie Girl, which nobody knew what a green smoothie was 16 years ago. And now it's pretty much a household term. And I did a 450 city speaking tour all over the country, wrote 16 books. Uh, But this one is one of my very favorites. And how we started out was was all of our episodes were about different ways that you can raise your vibration. Anywhere from nutrition, the food you eat has a vibration and, and really can increase or lower yours, which totally impacts and determines your quality of life, your health and your quality of life. And then we shifted from there to March 1st of 2020, when I realized we we're all being lied to, I started interviewing the doctors involved. I mean, I interviewed Dr. Judy Mikovits, and we got a record number of listens. It was like 150,000 downloads went super viral. Um, and now we're making a third shift because I believe the way I can best serve you right now uh, besides all the things that I'm doing to uh, help wake everybody up in terms of, uh, we're organizing United Healthcare Workers for Choice since all of our healthcare workers have been told get the job or lose your job. And that may mean that up to a third of our healthcare workers, if they stand strong, may lose their job. They're probably the best third of the healthcare workers are the ones who actually think for themselves and do their own independent research instead of just doing what they're told, no matter how incredibly violent or uh, crazy that thing is to do. So um, that's why what I'm doing right now, and that's why, and what you'll get from these episodes is sort of a Reader's, Reader's Digest version. I mean, I love the Stu Peters show because he's got like 12 minutes and he really rams through his interview with someone. And so you really get a tight interview with some whistleblower or some scientist or some doctor. Um, and you have Del Bigtree's show. These are my two favorites, honestly. Del Big Tree Show, which is two hours every week. And I listen to every minute of both of those guys. Uh, but what's missing here is just like a really short segments on what I think is the most important content that has come out in the past week, or that at least I've reviewed in the last week. So that's the change in the show. I hope that you like it. Please let me know. DM me if you like Robin's review of all things be. And sometimes we'll still do interviews with experts, doctors, scientists, all that that we've been doing. But I'm going to do a lot of these if you guys like them. So let me know if you do. So Cherie Romney is the mother of Everest Romney, who was first hospitalized after one injection of the Pfizer shot. He didn't want to get it. She really pushed him. Uh, now she has to live with that for the rest of her life. And I think all of us can relate as a mom, we all made mistakes. So he's a six foot nine basketball player ended up in the hospital with blood clots in his brain and in his jugular. And his mother was told, you can imagine that there was a 90% chance he would die. Well, praise God, he is still with us. And he was told this week that he can start scrimmaging with his basketball team again. He was a super athlete. It was time for him to be out there being looked at by basketball uh, scouts from all these different colleges. And instead he ended up in the hospital with two blood clots in his brain and one in his jugular. Well, what's crazy is his dad, that same exact day, as well as his pregnant 42-year-old mother, got one jab each of different brands. So the dad got Moderna. Well, he was very unwell instantly, like his son Everest was, but Preston, the father who was 42 and is also a six foot nine, very lean, no health underlying health conditions for either one of them. uh, Also a former super athlete, basketball player. He ended up in the hospital, admitted on a Sunday morning at 6 a.m. the pulmonary infarction caused by countless blood clots in his lungs. Well, I'm happy to say that Preston is is totally functional. He's working. Um I would assume that he's probably on blood thinners for life, which is really too bad, but he's still with us. Everest beat the odds. He is they say now his chances of dying of a blood clot are about 2% and he's able to go out and scrimmage with his team. So good news. But the really big news is that um Cherie gave birth to her baby, and her name is Emerald Jane, and she is eight pounds, two ounces. Um, you may have heard that the spike protein in the jab uh has a real affinity for the uterus and the ovaries, we have learned from doctors doing autopsies and also just from uh, looking inside the human body after the uh, the vaccination. And Dr. By- Byron Bridal, who is a PhD virologist, was really out there breaking that story and saying, hey, this stuff doesn't stay in the deltoid muscle. It goes to literally every organ in the body, but it really loves the ovaries and the uterus. So I've known that, and I haven't said anything to wrong Ronnie about it, but I've been worried about her, and I've been nagging her, do you have your baby yet? Did you have your baby yet? His baby was overdue. Um, there was a placental abruption. So the placenta basically exploded. And her bladder and and uterus essentially exploded. And she went into a four and a half hour surgery after an emergency C-section. So obviously a very traumatic birth, but a beautiful little baby girl at the end of it. I I pray to God every day that the baby is healthy. Um, This family has been through a lot. Right before I got um, on this episode today, I was texting with her to make sure I had my facts right. About how everyone is doing so that I could give you a good update. And she said, we're talking about how hard this year has been, how I have to turn my, turn that off at 9 PM at night. Cause everybody sends me their stories. I'm getting so many start stories all day, every day for, for, you know, a year and a half now. And it's just all bad news, right? Almost all of it's bad news. And, and we were discussing that. And I was saying, and I can't hold a candle to you because for you, it's just been very, very personal. And she said to me that her oldest daughter asked her this week. Does God still love us? So I said I would be a puddle if my child asked me that. Actually, I'm already crying just reading reading that. I guess it's a good opportunity to talk to talk to your kids. I'm sure about that. uh, There would always be trials and tribulations in this life. That is absolutely biblical. We're seeing a lot of things happen that are absolutely biblical. In fact, we should do an episode on that. Like what is biblical that we're seeing here and now. And what do we do about it as, uh, you know, the army of God, if you consider yourself Christian and if you don't love you anyway? Those are my beliefs. So she had her baby, placental abruption, uterine and bladder surgery for four and a half hours. I do have permission to share all of this. I made sure of that. Um, We don't know if there's any relation between the spike protein and why she had such a high complications Uh, pregnancy and or delivery. And my guess is that her healthcare practitioners are not even asking that question and they're going to completely sweep that under the rug and ignore it because that's what they've been doing because they don't want to know because they know they'll get in trouble for asking questions like that. Um, They don't even want to report things to VAERS. You as the patient, if you are injured need to insist that your practitioners submit it to VAERS and ask for um, a case number so that you can check up on it. Um, Because people aren't connecting the dots and your healthcare practitioner has absolutely no incentive to report to Okay, They have to put their medical license on it. It takes them 20 minutes. They don't get paid for it. Uh, The the form is super glitchy and sometimes it crashes at the end. That's going to be another uh, episode where I'll talk about the Deborah Conrad, physician's assistant in New York, came forward and blew the whistle. Uh, she even recorded conversations with her superiors, where after she had recorded 120 had re- reported 120 deaths and disabilities from the jab that that had presented at their hospital. Her superiors told her to knock it off and stop reporting them. Only her own patients. And she said, I mean, I, I won't go through everything that Deborah Conrad said. But she's incredibly credible, and she was the the top. PA of all the PAs at her hospital, um, just a highly credible healthcare practitioner. And she's about to lose her job because she said, after what I've seen, there's no way I would let that stuff be injected into me. So, um, but one of the things she said is after she was told she couldn't report, uh, any more, um, adverse events and deaths to bears, unless it was her own patient she said not one of the practitioners in her hospital has reported a single death or adverse event even though they present every single day at her hospital so that should give you something to think about as to put into context the number of deaths and reported events which uh, or recorded events or adverse events that you're actually hearing about if if it really truly is 1% we're looking at 1.5 million deaths so far in the united states if we take the number that's been actually reported and you multiply it by 100. That's 1.5 million deaths, and that doesn't even count all the deaths of cancer and and you know neurological disease that they won't even ever connect to this injection. So just things to think about. But that's your Romney update. Uh, let's talk a little about the dark field blood microscopy. You can see Stu Peters interviewing uh, Dr. Jane Ruby about that, and. She shows some European doctors. There's also some other physicians I've seen showing the live blood analysis of patients of theirs that are vaccinated. And they take a drop of blood. And I've seen, I've seen thousands of uh, dark field blood microscopy, which is take a high-powered microscope and you have a black background so that you can see all these elements in the blood. And it is just a teeming biome of so many different things. I could sit there and look at a drop of somebody's blood for an hour and ask questions about it. And I have done this with people who have spent decades of their lives specializing in this and looking at the blood and and determining what what this drop of blood tells you about your overall health. I led 10 retreats in Switzerland. Uh, In fact, we had a sold out retreat that we were going to take people on the summer of 2020. And of course we had to cancel it. As soon as COVID started, people started immediately demanding a refund, and they weren't going to get on a plane, and they were terrified of everything and everybody, and it was absolute tragedy, but because of that, we will never be doing one again, okay? There's no way I would spend all that time marketing the retreat, which is a a two-week, or you can come for three weeks, whatever, to do a liver detox under the supervision of medical doctors who've spent their entire careers doing natural health holistic health but with the background and training of a medical doctor and it was just a spectacular experience and sadly I'll never go there again because if you plan it how do I know that by the time we get there we have to get a vaccine to get on the plane and I think our demographic won't do that they're they tend to be pretty well educated more affluent people who can afford to fly to switzerland and i you know they lost all of that amazing business and i i had spent uh, a lot of time 10 or so years ago, flying all over the world, studying what people do to treat cancer non-toxically. And that's how I found this clinic. Of the 20 clinics I went to all over the world, this one was so very special. And I still send people there. It's called Swiss Mountain Clinic. And it's Dr. Petra Vigil, who grew up behind the Berlin Wall. And she's absolutely amazing. And her daughter, Federica is also a medical doctor and they do incredible things to get rid of parasites and terrible infections and Lyme, lots of cancer. Well, being there every year, at least two weeks, sometimes three or even four weeks, I saw a lot of live blood analysis. They let me sit in and look at pictures of live blood analysis. And most of the people's blood that I was looking at are very ill people who made the sacrifice. Usually if you're going to borrow money out of your house or ask your parents for your you know, your inheritance early or whatever and go spend that kind of money to get well, it's not just preventative. Most of the people whose blood I looked at are very, very sick people. And I am telling you that the blood that that Jane Ruby showed from these doctors who are doing live blood analysis on people post-vaccine, I have never seen blood that sick. I have never seen blood so totally coagulated. Like all your red blood cells clumping together where you can hardly differentiate one from the other really healthy blood has each cell membrane, um, has really good structural integrity. Um, they, they aren't clumped up or coin rolled on each other. Um, you know, when we would get to Switzerland our even healthy people who eat an organic diet, you know, they're tired from the flight, their, their red blood cells would corn coin roll a little bit. Um, but you know, we'd clean it up and I, I always took a picture after three weeks of being there doing all the treatments and the detox. And my blood was like textbook, beautiful, healthy blood. So I've seen some of these doctors showing what a healthy person's blood looks like or what their blood looks like. So that you know what one drop under a little tiny bit of that one drop looks like under a microscope. Then you go to what these vaccinated people's blood has. And every single one of them is finding these sharp, metallic looking shards of something and all these practitioners are saying we've never seen this in human blood before and it seems to some of them say some of them say not but some of them say it has an affinity for a magnet and that they seem to move in concert when a magnet is, is applied so that's disturbing because in five different countries now Different researchers have used various methods to determine what the ingredients are of all four brands' vaccines. Uh, Why would they do that? Because none of these companies are disclosing the full list of ingredients. All of them are holding some of that information back, calling it proprietary ingredients. Well, the one ingredient they all seem to have in common is graphene oxide, and none of them list graphene oxide. As one of their ingredients. So is graphene oxide the proprietary ingredient? And if so, isn't a proprietary ingredient the one that you don't want your competitors to know about because it's the magic sauce that makes the stuff work? And if that's the case, why is it in all four brands? And in fact, it's the main, main ingredient. It is highly toxic to human beings. Look it up. Uh, it is magnetic. Okay. So we could, we could go places with why would they want to inject magnetic materials into us? Well, in China, and I saw a paper on it this week. In China, they're not hiding it from their people. Like they don't need to, right? Because they don't have to talk the people into getting a job because nobody has any freedom. It's a completely totalitarian society. The Chinese Communist Party, right? And so here in America, we don't want to tell people that we're injecting you with graphene oxide is what it looks like. Whereas in China, they're completely open. About it. They're not hiding it from their people. Their people don't have any say about it anyway. So, why is graphene oxide in these cocktails that people are injecting themselves with? What is the medicinal property of graphene oxide? Well, this Chinese uh, journal article said that it's a carrier. You could definitely understand how something that's magnetic would be a carrier for something else. So, Dun 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 dun. Those are just setting up. Well, I'm going to keep researching it. I'm going to keep talking to you about it. My next episode, I'm also going to talk to you about my recent obsession with finding out what they made ivermectin from. Why is that ivermectin so completely miraculous in its ability to stop people from getting COVID 85% of the time if they're on it prophylactically and then literally just ends all the hospitalizations and deaths in all the countries that are using it. Sometimes some com- countries or just some states use it, right? So we're going to talk about that next time. But I want to finish this up about the blood. There's another video of a doctor who puts little cuts and I do, it's, in a, it's in an Asian language and there's no subtitles, but you can see that, they, that this doctor uses um, glass cups. I don't know if you've ever done cupping therapy. I have. It's amazing, but it actually... You can put it on all of the starting where your lymphatic system is and you can do lymphatic drainage. I've done that if I get like swollen lymph glands used to get swollen lymph glands. It was my weak spot in my body through all my childhood and into my adulthood. But, um, so this glass cup sort of pulled the skin out and caused blood to, to concentrate right here in this area. Then he takes the glass cup off and there's just this thick red layer where there's a lot of blood brought to the surface, and then he makes tiny little micro cuts all over in it. The patient does not seem to be in any kind of pain. Then he puts the glass cup back on it, and he suctions it. And then he takes the glass cup off. I mean, you guys, you can't... This isn't like Hollywood stuff. This is just some doctor in a hokey video showing us. He takes the cup off, and it is literally gelatinous. This person's blood looks like jelly. It literally looks like raspberry jelly. It's that thick. Yes, guys, that is not healthy blood. It's not okay. So you know what? The truly brave people will share content like this with people who've gotten a couple of injections. And here's why. Here's why to love them and to not stop talking to them is that the, their cho- their choices aren't over. This thing isn't over. Just because they got two jabs doesn't mean they're done. And now they get to travel wherever they want and go in the store if they want. I mean, they've already been told, hey, you're a carrier. You get you get the vaccine and you apparently are spreading it. So people who are vaccinated are supposed to be wearing masks. I don't know how people don't know this because everybody's still acting like if you're vaccinated, you can run around and do whatever you want. But it's actually the vaccinated spreading um, COVID. But people don't seem to know that. And the mainstream media doesn't seem to have any real uh, compunction to share that knowledge and really get people to understand that it's the vaccinated who are spreading it. and our hospitals, if to the extent that they are jammed up, I actually think we're going. We're seeing them go way, way down right now. Is uh, towards towards the end of September, 2021. We're seeing hospitalizations way down, even though we kill people with remdesivir and venting them and putting them on all kinds of sedatives and paralytics. Okay, so if you're confused about why people died in the hospital, the reason the hospital is a death sentence is because we have a standard of care that nobody's allowed to question, and all the healthcare practitioners have to do it or they're going to lose their job. And all it is, is remdesivir and a vent. Okay? And it's not necessarily the vent that kills you. It's not just the plastic tube shut down your trach into your lungs. It's the propofol and the fentanyl. You guys, that's where it gets really, really scary. And you get those dosed a little wrong or they're, really, they're extra toxic for someone. I mean, there aren't very many things more dangerous than a cocktail of fentanyl and propofol. And that's why a majority of people who are vented die. You know, they want you to think it's because, oh, this person was just so far gone, we couldn't save them. Well, just talk to healthcare workers who will be honest with you. And they will tell you, no, It's that this treatment is is killing them. Now, granted, there's a whole ton of doctors and nurses too who are just the kind of people who've just been doing things by the book and they don't look left or right. They don't have very good critical thinking skills, maybe some good book smarts, but they don't seem to question this. They don't seem to have looked up The two studies that Fauci gave us to justify why everybody had to be on remdesivir, both of those studies had terrible outcomes. One of them was by the maker of remdesivir, and they had to take all the patients, I think it was in Uganda, off of remdesivir because 30% of them died. They're on four drugs, but remdesivir was killing them. It kills them from kidney failure and multi-system organ failure. And this is happening all over the country. And people who are really educated and who have the personality to go in there and advocate for their loved one are going in there and saying no remdesivir and no vent. And those are people who go walking out a few days later. Okay. And another thing is when you're vented and you're on propofol and fentanyl and maybe six more paralytics and sedatives, you know what else happens is you're completely immobilized. And guess what happens when you're completely immobilized in a hospital? With all your orifices open and there's all kinds of crazy hospital acquired infections, well, you end up with pneumonia and then you end up with uh, infections, sepsis, death. You know what? My friend here in Florida, who is a respiratory therapist, says that he spends most of his time. This is what a respiratory therapist that you would think would be doing higher level things. He said he spends the vast majority of his time turning his patients, all of whom are obese. He didn't say some or most, he said, all of my patients are obese. Most of them are like 400 pounds and they're vented. So they can't even sit up, but we, but we know that if we could just flip them over and you guys, the reason for that is that they're a little bit physically active when they're being turned over and it makes their oxygen saturation go up by 20 points, right? Which is much better than being down in the sixties or 70s where you we're going to get brain damage just from your lack of oxygen. So Think about that. He says people will come in and he's like in the 20 minute process of just turning over one of his obese patients because you can't just leave him completely mobilized. So that's another thing about being vented that you need to know about. And if anybody you know ends up in the hospital, I'm not afraid of COVID and I'm not afraid of dying of COVID. I'm afraid of the hospital because even the really good doctors, they can't say no to it. They can't give you ivermectin without jeopardizing their jobs. I have a friend who's an emergency room doctor who literally got a letter from the brass at the hospital that threatened him if he, if he prescribed ivermectin. So blood is coagulating. There is some kind of jagged metallic looking shards that none of these doctors have ever seen before in human blood. And I'm here to tell you, and these doctors say it as well, because I've seen thousands of live blood analysis slides as well, that it's the sickest blood I've ever seen. And most of the blood that I've seen is um, of cancer patients, many of whom have been through a lot of chemotherapy. Another thing that is uh, in this blood, if you look at it under a dark field uh, microscope, is there are parasites. Now, I will say, even though I saw large, long, skinny parasites in some of the blood samples that Dr. Jane Ruby showed on the on the Stu Peter show, which I highly recommend. I will say that I have seen parasites in people's blood before. It didn't. It wasn't necessarily delivered by the vaccine. However, a lot of these people from around the world who are testing the ingredients with various means, these scientists who are taking a look at what's actually in the vaccine, say that there are parasites in the vaccines. So what Dr. Jane Ruby was basing her discussion on was a consortium of 35 groups of doctors from around the world who are demanding a cease and desist of the VAX uh, program globally, or they say they will sue. Let's pray that this happens, that they sue. I know that Reiner Fulmick was all about suing, and now he seems to have kind of pulled off that. And now he's just kind of doing a podcast and interviewing a lot of people. I sure hope he's still going to sue, but I think he may have come to the conclusion that our judicial branches around the world may be subverted as well. And we've certainly seen all the big multinational corporations be subverted. I feel like Walmart resisted. They weren't really enforcing the masks. Um Last I heard a week or two ago, they were filling ivermectin prescriptions without, without um, any pushback. Whereas CVS here in Florida, when I had COVID the first half of August, um CVS refused to fill my COVID prescription. So, um, and I've heard that Rite Aid refuses to, I, I I have a lot to say, which I will say for my next episode about ivermectin. I've been doing a deep dive on what is the molecular structure of it? What is the natural compound it was made from? Because it was discovered in Japan in soil organisms. So I will keep digging and that will be a major topic of my next podcast episode. But I do want to say, and this is a prediction I am making uh, with a heavy heart and unfortunately with a fair amount of confidence in this, that I believe in the coming months we will start to see the propaganda take a turn and a new uh, part of the propaganda will be that they're going to try to get us to accept euthanasia or the humane killing of people, maybe the unvaccinated. That would be like our worst-case scenario, right? Is that the undesirables, the unwashed, the unclean, right? That's what they made the Jews out to be in the Third Reich in Germany and the Jews didn't react quickly and they couldn't believe what was happening to them. They were too much in shock, right? They had been successful and they had been happy and they had traveled and nobody ever gave them a hard time. And Then all of a sudden, um, they're being euthanized and I'm going to share in the show notes. I'm going to share my telegram link. I'm going to share on October 4th. We start, you can start a little bit late with us if you want, but go to uh green smoothie slash uh, green smoothie challenge slash fall. We only do this twice a year and together we all do a nine day green smoothie challenge. You guys, you want to stay out of the, the medical system. You want to stay out of hospitals, you know, to the extent you can, you possibly can. This is the time to take up those healthy habits, move your body. That's the number one correlation to whether you're hospitalized or die from this Delta variant. I'm not sure that there's really a Delta variant, but you know, to the extent people are hospitalized and die, the number one correlation is not diabetes. It's not heart disease. It's not whether you had years of chemo. It's literally where you sedentary. So just get up and walk. Be a person who's physically active. Okay. I'm not asking you to take up triathla, ti- triathlons. Right. I do less now than I did 10 years ago. Now I just, I get 60 minutes of cardio a day. Right. I don't I'm not a CrossFitter, but st- you know, when we got COVID, I-, I felt like we were pretty sick, but our oxygen saturation never fell. And I think it's because both of us, John and I both work out 60 minutes a day. I don't think you still have to do 60 minutes a, w- a day. Do 20 minutes a day. Go for a very brisk walk every day. Just whatever it is that you are willing to do, that you enjoy doing, that you don't dread, that's the thing that you'll do every day, right? It can't be something that you hate. I would hate CrossFit. I can't stand those boot camps or whatever. I've tried and then I just end up feeling guilty. And so I need to do what I like. You know what I like? I like my ARC trainer. And I can sit there and listen to content. I could text people. I could get my workday started at 7 a.m. And I hardly even notice, but I'm totally sweaty when I'm done. I love my ARC trainer and I love my my stationary bike. I love my ARC trainer more. So that's what I do. I also like going out for a jog. And running through the neighborhood. Haven't done it for two months. It's too too humid here in Florida. But that's the number one thing to do to avoid having a serious case of COVID if you're really worried about COVID. So uh, I'm going to put in the show notes um, a little documentary. It's less than an hour and it's called Caring Corrupted, The Killing Nurses of the Third Reich. Okay, everybody thinks that in the Holocaust, everybody got cooked in ovens. And that certainly was happening at Auschwitz and several other places. There's a lot of debate. I am not entirely convinced that 6 million people died, but a lot of people died. It was a horrific event. And lots of people who weren't Jews died. They killed Christians who stood in their way. They killed um, people they thought were inferior. They killed a lot of gypsies. They killed black people. They used 1,500 sets of twins to do horrible, cruel experiments on them. And we are in the biggest experiment in history. This makes Third Reich situation small because this is all the people of the world. I mean, there are countries like South Africa is only like 5% vaccinated. And we could go into why. I mean, uh, Latin America, very, very low vaccination. They are totally focused on the first world. They are very, very focused on poisoning the entire first world, poisoning and enslaving. They are very much wanting two, three, as many as they can get injections into each of us. Okay, Israel already has a third mandated vaccine for everyone here in the United States. CDC just told everybody 65 and over that they can apply for it. So this is a new part of their marketing strategy, which is sick and brilliant. Because anytime you can create scarcity, Or a fear of missing out. It makes people do stuff that they didn't even want to do. But they're acting like there's going to be a limited number. That they're only making a billion doses. I think they don't want everybody to go get a third dose. They know a ton of people are going to die. And Paul Offit, who's one of the biggest vax bullies alive, is literally on camera saying, let's try it out on the people over 65. Let's not give it to the young people right now. So he's literally, I mean how in violation of the Nuremberg Code are we going to get here? Let's try it out on the people over 65. This is not tested in any way on pregnant people, but they made all the pregnant people get it. There's no reason for people like me who had COVID to get it, but they're bullying it everybody across the board. There's nobody who gets a pass here. At what point do we get suspicious? And I know that most of the people who are following me are already super suspicious and I'm preaching to the choir. So your job is to give this to someone else who has already gotten two jabs. And here's why. Because you care about them. Because you know that they're going to very soon be arm twisted to get a third jab. Did you know that that it's leaked in Canada? They've been told that they're to get four jabs a year through 2025. I mean how many of us will even be remaining with any kind of health left 20 that's 20 injections that's 20 vaccines for a virus that worldwide I'm not talking about the US worldwide 99.99% of people survive jeez what are we going to do when there's an actual terrible scary virus that kills Younger people, listen, you have an amazing immune system. That's why so many of you listening to this have had COVID and now you are better and you have strong natural immunity. And guess what? If you get the vaccine after you've had COVID, you are between two and four times as likely to get serious adverse events. Okay, it's a hell no for me. It's the hill I'll die on. That's why I talk about it so much, is that I have five children. Have to protect, and they're adults, and they're being pressured every which way from Sunday. You know, we put our fifth wheel in our backyard because I already have a child who's saying, "I'm not getting the job, mom." But if my work fires me, can I come live in your fifth wheel? I'm like, that's why it's there. This was our preparedness plan. My next episode, I'm also going to talk about some preparedness things that probably you aren't thinking about. I know a lot of you are, are you know, getting yourself an emergency supply. Of food. Um don't worry about the toilet paper, you guys. The media created that. I literally saw a Kimberly Clark executive talking about how there was no shortage at all, but then the media told everybody there was. And so they ramped up their production, but all of a sudden there was 734% more purchasing of toilet paper. So the media literally created the shortage. I think they just beta test things. And you know, they're not, they're not just creating the news for fun. There are these globalists, these billionaire technocrats who want to consolidate power, have consolidated power and wealth. They've been very, very successful at it. And the only way we have any hope of not ending up in the Chinese Communist Party is if we wake everybody up and everybody gets aware of what's going on and everybody gets educated enough And skeptical enough of the poison dart that we start saying no. We have to start saying no in bigger numbers. I mean, so many people are laying down for this. That's my big frustration. So again, I'm going to put this caring corrupted the killing nurses of the Third Reich, so that you know, so you can see that it's not. It wasn't just that they cooked people in ovens. They also propagandized the people so significantly and over a long period of time. If you have enough voices. The KGB in Russia discovered this in the 1960s through some very famous experiments. If you have enough people telling you a lie for two months, over half the people will become brainwashed. They are hypnotized. They don't let any new information in. It doesn't matter if they're smart. They can have an IQ of 200 and still be brainwashed. It's not about whether you're smart or not. I mean, I just can't believe how smart how some of the smartest people I know are completely brainwashed. It's very, very upsetting, isn't it? But the reason we have to keep speaking up is that more and more people are waking up. More and more people are encountering somebody who is severely injured by the jab. That's what's going to wake them up. So when somebody they know gets extremely ill or disabled from the jab, but we have to keep speaking up because their choices aren't over. It's not one and done or two and done. This is a long-term agenda. The COVID vaccine was just the Trojan horse. The big agenda is digital ID on everybody, and you can't even leave your house unless you check up all the boxes and you've gotten all the injections that you're supposed to and you're current for the month on all your different disease injections they make you get. And that's our worst case scenario. And the only hope we have is that we, the people, are the resistance and that we resist in bigger numbers. And one of the best ways you can do it, maybe you don't have a platform, you don't have a podcast, is you just talk to everybody. You talk to everybody and you stay open and loving. And you say, hey, can I share some content with you? And you share a piece with them that might be this podcast, because this is what we do. Okay, we went from all things high vibration to now it's basically a reader's digest of what's going on out there as this evolves, this whole situation with the virus and the vaccine. So that's why I'm calling this new series. Who knows how long I'll be doing this, as long as you guys tell me that you like it, is Robin's Review of All Things B. Okay. So that that little um documentary from the Holocaust will be in the show notes, but also the South Carolina nurse who spent 30 years in his nursing career. And then for 18 months, he was going around the country because he made $145 an hour, which is triple his normal rate. You guys have to realize these people treating COVID patients are being paid three and four times their normal rate. So here's this guy making $250,000 a year with his two-year nursing degree to treat COVID patients. And he fully admits that he was killing patients, that they would just call in a few medical staff, whoever was close by. I mean, it's Terrible. to kind of, what he described kind of reminds me of when I was a waitress and your table said that somebody had a birthday. So you had to go round up a bunch of other waiters and waitresses and everybody hates doing it. And you go and you stand around this table and you sing happy birthday to a stranger, even though you're way behind and you got to get your food out to your tables. It sounded like that. Like you get, you grab a couple of medical professionals and they all stand around the bed and cry. Then they go back to whatever they were doing all busy and he cranks up the fentanyl. Okay, we finally have a whistleblower talking about the euthanasia going on. Now, I think what this fourth Reich needs, this fourth industrial revolution, this transhuman movement, I think what they need is more acceptance of euthanasia. I don't know if they're going to turn it on us anti-vaxxers or if they're going to make, they're going to make our lives so miserable that we volunteer for the humane euthanasia. Or I don't know if they should start getting rid of all the people over 65. What he was talking about is that they're just DNRs, do not resuscitate orders, on tons of people. Just because of their age. Like whole entire nursing care facilities are DNR. guess you'll have to decide where you stand with that. But I appreciate that the man told the truth. I don't know why he waited until he retired and stashed a whole bunch of cash and made three times as much Um, as he normally did to do something that was against his values. I'm not sure why he waited until he was completely safe and in the clear and said that if he got COVID, he would never go anywhere near a hospital because they're just killing people and the treatments they're forced to give are terrible treatments. But that's what he said. So you can find the show on, you guys, you can find it on our Rumble channel. Our, um, we're on Brighton. We're on BitChute. We're on YouTube. We'll put this up there and we'll just see how long it lasts. We'll have to uh, be careful with the subject lines that we write, see if uh, we can fly below the radar. But remember that a lot of people hanged who said, I was just following orders. I was just following orders or I have a mortgage payment to pay. I'm hearing these whistleblowers say it. I'm gonna to predict too that the whistleblowers are gonna be lining up down the block, especially since that woman, I think her name is Jody, Jody something, Jody O'Malley. Um, whistleblower went to James O'Keefe of Project Veritas and blew the whistle and said, and she'd worn a, uh she'd worn a camera in and recorded a doctor in the Native American um they served Native Americans in the hospital she worked in and got this doctor on camera, I believe her name is Maria Rodriguez saying that these shots are full of shit. I think that's going to be like a famous saying because millions of people saw that because people watch Project Veritas probably because it's just so like undercover, you know, somebody's wearing a mic or wearing a, a, um, whatever you call those cameras that are on your head. But she, she caught a bunch of that. And she says that the vast majority, and so did the nurse from South Carolina, the vast majority of these healthcare practitioners know that what they're doing is fraudulent. They know that they're killing people. They know that these treatments they've been forced to give all these patients is, is hurting them, not helping them. They don't want to do it, but they do it anyway. One thing that'll give you hope at the end of the little Holocaust um, film that I'll share with you also in the show notes that I told you about, um, there were people who said no, There were people who found ways to undermine the Third Reich, to do the little things that made a difference. You know, you may not be able to save all the starfish on the beach, but you can help this one. You can help this one and you can help this one. And so that's what I see my life as right now. I can't save all the starfish, but I can pick this one up and throw it back in the ocean. So I hope that you will join me in that. You have access to people in your life that you may be choosing not to speak up to because You know, they might get mad at you or they might call you a conspiracy theorist. What if he just said, who cares? Who cares if somebody calls me a conspiracy theorist? I've been called that in the last 19 months more times than I can count. I'm so over it, I don't care. doesn't matter because I'm clear in my purpose. And I hope you'll join me in that purpose because it's only together that we can do this. We really are all in it together. It's propaganda, but it's actually true. We're all in this together and we have to get out of it together. And to do so, you need to think about who in your life that you can share important information with because sometimes that's all it takes is that they see a couple, two, three pieces of content. I just bribed my kids an embarrassing amount of money to watch that. It's called 2030 something, but it's like a two hour documentary, but they cram so much about what has happened in our world with the virus and the vaccine that I knew that if they watched it, they wouldn't want to get the vaccine. And so I bribed them and I would do it again. You know so they get their inheritance early, and maybe it keeps them from you know poisoning themselves, so I do want you to learn a little bit more about the Holocaust because they got doctors and nurses not just to put people in ovens they got doctors and nurses to kill people one at a time. they got them to kill babies and young children putting them outside where they would die of hyperthermia, holding them in their arms and looking in their eyes so that they had a comfortable experience while they injected them with sedative um it is it is a terrible thing to watch, but there were brave people and we do have a choice. And these people doing this to us are just people and they could have never, ever gotten this far if we had not agreed to it. But we did. We laid down for it. Way too many of us laid down for this. They were doing sterilization experiments on young women. They were extracting entire organs from people so that they they then died. Okay. So many of these people hanged who said, I was just doing my job or I was just following orders. Um, a lot of them were acquitted. A ton of them were acquitted. You don't hear those stories, but that this, um, this shares that. So look for that in the show notes. Look for the South Carolina, uh, nurse who testifies to a health and human services committee. Um, it's really good. It gets better later. You know, sometimes you listen to the first half. If you're only going to listen half of it, listen to his last half. It's really, really good. Also, the link down below in the show notes contains the link to my Telegram group and the link to join us in the nine-day green smoothie challenge. Today, if you drink a quart a day of green smoothie, you're going to feel like a million bucks. Your digestion gets better. Your energy goes through the roof. Your skin looks better. And a lot of people lose weight. So those are the top four things that people tell us. And we could all, we could all use a lift right now. Plus, our Facebook community has over 15,000 people in it right now. We're all ready to go in a week from the time that, I, that I'm reporting this. So um, it's just a positive vibe in there. We don't allow all the nastiness that we see going on in other places all over Facebook. So I think you'll find it a real uplift. And if you guys miss this, if you listen to this podcast episode later and you miss the kickoff October 4th, or maybe you missed the whole nine days, uh, it's totally okay to start a little bit late. But if you go to uh green smoothie girl slash green smoothie challenge slash fall. Uh, you can sign up to be notified when we do it the next time because we do it twice a year. And it's just my absolute favorite thing that we do. So I will see you guys in there and I will see you next time on Vibe. See you all.